Hello, hello, hello. Sammy here from the Gateway team. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we start. I just want to say thank you so much to all the fans of the show who've been with us since the start and welcome to anyone who is newly joining us. We appreciate so much of the love and support that we've received from all of you over the last few seasons. And we'd especially like to thank our patrons who have been kind enough to help us with the podcast. And if you'd like to become a patron of our show, you can head over to www.com patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime every little bit helps and it means the absolute world to us so thank you to all of you who have done and thank you to all of you for listening to the show if you'd like to get any news of the podcast you can head over to www.gatewaytoanime.com and if you want to find us on any social media platform you can just search gateway to anime and you will find us thanks so much enjoy the show Hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are you all? What's going on? Charlie, what's up? Hello, nice to be back. Not much is up, but you know, we're here. We're here to talk about not anime, but you'll see. Kind of anime. Anime adjacent. Yeah. Anime adjacent. Bam, welcome back. Thank you. Good to have you. Had a lot of pretenders in my seat recently, so. (laughs) Couple of 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 false prophets. Usurpers. (laughs) (laughs) Good to be back. It's good to have you back, man. It's good to have you back. So this week we are talking about Western animation. Now let's try and put this into some kind of context. So obviously there's a lot of Western animation, of course, but we want to talk about shows which are very similar to anime being made in the West. And one of these shows in particular, well, two of them actually are very easily mistaken for anime, but they aren't because anime, basically to be an anime, you got to be an animated show made in Japan. Simple as that. That's the that's the definition, right? So these are anime-like shows made in the West. And there's a quite a few really great, I mean, again, like our dad, for example, just doesn't take anything animated seriously. Because I think in the West, a lot of animated shows are comedies. You got, yeah, you got The Simpsons, you got children's South Park, yeah. you got children's shows. Either they're children's shows or comedies, right? And I think the major thing for us is that animated shows can be adult. And they can be as good as any live action show that there is, right? And that's the major thing that we got into anime for. And there are some wonderful, very serious, very adult Western animated shows. And we're just going to try and give you a couple of them. So let's start off with what is quite possibly one of the most anime-like Western shows. And that is, of course, Avatar The Last Airbender. Graham, take it away, my friend, please. One of A great show. Great. Would you say it's adult, though? It's a it's a family friendly. It's it, it's like it's one of those ones I think would. No, it's very cool. It deals in very adult themes. Yeah, like there's a yeah. real someone I was watching uh, the YouTube channel Wisecracks. Oh yeah, Wisecracks. Yeah, and they had a brilliant video about how Avatar: The Last Airbender is one of the best representations of war. Mm. Thing like you know refugees, suppression by the state. Like you know the sort of frenetic sort of following of a cult leader into war. But anyway. Let me just give you the synopsis and yes. write down. Water, earth, fire, <laughs> air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the fire nation attacked. Only the Avatar, the master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. 
Then a hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new <laughs> avatar, an airbender named Aang. <laughs> and although his airbending skills were great, he still had a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. <laughs> great. <laughs> the good news is if you ever need a reminder, it's at the start of every episode. Every, every episode. episode. So if you ever like every episode, not as bad as um. Black Clover do it and it goes for light yeah, yeah. and minute every time. Oh, Hunter like, Hunter's uh, fucking Chimera Ant arc. Oh, man. Oh, my God. One of the best arcs in anime, but holy crap. Also, yeah. the opening of Avatar, that's one of the most iconic. That's like, iconic. That was an iconic. So good. Yeah. Like, you start with the water or uh, fire. Yes. I mean, that tells you everything Everyone knows. you know. Like, so every element that's represented has a nation and every nation has a culture and that sort of boils down to even specific sort of fighting styles, which you'll see in the intro. Like you'll see the grounded sort of earth element. You'll see the frenetic fire element. You'll see the flowing water and the sort of evasive air. Everything is boiled down into that first like four seconds of the anime to give you like maybe not everything, but it sort of places you in the cultures that are going to be sort of represented. And I love it. Dude, it's I one of the – because you're right. Interesting point you made, Charlie. Like it is quite kid-friendly. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's definitely yeah. a highly acclaimed, really brilliant show. I'm not yeah. saying it's like for kids. I just mean it's actually universally like it would be good for a large demographic. Like oh. kids could watch it. Yeah. Adults could watch it. Yeah. I mean, Other, tweens could watch. I don't know. It's, it's tweens. It's tweens. <laughs> Elderly. Love it. It's um. It's one of my favorite shows. Like it's not just one of my favorite animes or cartoons. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Brett as well. It's huge fan. Yeah. Like. One of it's, the reasons I sold him on getting on this podcast was how much he loved Avatar. And he was like, oh, well, if it's like that, then I can get into it. And I was like, yes, it is. Show and me. then when we finally did an episode about Avatar, we went, you know who we're going to give it to? Graham. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry about that. Brett's still away. He's coming back. Don't <laughs> so worry. he's salty. He it's, will. Um, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 94% on IMDb. Is it really? Like, it's, yes. it's, it's praised. Like, oh, no. It, I mean, it's, I'm, I love it. I've, I, I think one of Great show. Mm. Such a good fucking show. It's, uh, I haven't watched it for a long time. I watched it sort of back when it was, you know, in its heyday, I guess. But yeah, it's, it is one of those great combinations. It is a gateway show. It is the ultimate gateway show. And if you aren't into anime, I think you can easily give someone Avatar, even though it's not actually an anime, you can get people into anime through it, you know? Easily. Because there's so many influences of anime and yeah. anime shows yes. and shows yeah. as a genre and things like that that obviously are very borrowed for Avatar, but they do it very well. And I think with like the added layer of our Western style of storytelling, so a lot of things yeah. like we often talk about the humor, which might be different for Japanese culture versus yeah. like the humor, which still is in Avatar, but it's a bit more kind yeah. of like what we're, what we're used to Relatable. and grow up on. Because mm. yeah. it's not... It's not dissimilar to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood in a way. You know, I mean, story, like how mm. how big it is and like kind of the, the magic system is not massively different. The bending of elements yeah, is massively different from alchemy. But, yeah, the big difference is the humor. I think, yeah, the humor, like it's hilarious. Like mm. every time I think of there's a scene where Aang goes to some fishing village and they're like, oh, you're the avatar. Do something. And he's like, well, watch this. And he just like starts floating four pebbles around and he's like, <laughs> it's just like, and then there's like one of the villagers is just frothing in the mouth, and he's like, oh, and he faints. They've never seen air bending because it's 100 years old, is it? But yes, yeah, the one the one element that's disappeared, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. So they've never seen air the last airbender. So he's um, the last airbender, and he's also the avatar. He's the avatar. Right. So he is the peacekeeper of the world. He is the master of four elements. He's supposed to keep the balance between these four nations of earth, wind, water, fire. 
But then everything changed. But everything changed from the <laughs> Fire Nation, Nation attack. attack. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why it's it's also great character to study in Aang because he is not ready for the responsibility. He disappears. He's a 12-year-old boy. Mm. He's been stuck in ice for 100 years. Yeah. So yeah. He, he runs from his responsibility, which is – he takes his – well, there's, there's flying bison. They call him air bison. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. So good. <laughs> so <laughs> he is obviously terrified of his responsibility as becoming, you know, the sort of fulcrum of this world. Mm. And he runs and he gets frozen in ice. And then during his time, the Fire Nation, which is a fanatical sort of militarist, I, fascist, I kind, of, fascist. kind of China, if you're looking for an allegory in this world, yep. they take this opportunity while he's a youngster to, you know, attack and try and take over the world. And you're dealing with this fallout when he's rescued by two siblings from the Water Tribe. This is the world that has come about from the lack of an avatar. He's trying to find his place in the world and sort of learn what it means to be an avatar and, you know, embracing different styles and cultures and sort of philosophies which come with the elements. It's also one of the best retribution stories of any sort of medium. Prince yeah. Zuko, his journey from where he becomes of like hunting the avatar to where he ends up in the series is one of the best stories ever he's met. still hot the whole way through. oh he's so hot <laughs> that's all that matters he's, got half he's a not a face. teacher he's half not a teacher face. he's, he's not hot. not okay? a teacher okay, okay. Yeah. so just calm down um, for a second i'll let it slide <laughs> he might become a teacher hey hey there is a there is a yeah. sequel isn't there oh yeah uh, um there's many books legend of there's Korra. legend of Korra, but there's also like prequels and sequels and stuff like that legend so. of Korra is like a, a while in the future yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like I don't know. What about Uncle Isaac? <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty. Cheesy. Oh, he's a great character as well. I will. There is a scene in middle of Avatar, a song called "Leaves from the Vine," which will reduce any grown man to tears. Mm. Where Uncle Isaac goes about his day, helping out people while he's in Basing Se, gathering arrows, making tea and stuff, and he's just basically going off to mourn the death of his child during the war. And it mm. is brutally sad. Beautiful, but. He's getting teary. Yeah. I, I, the only song I remember from Avatar is that Secret Tunnel Through the Mountain song. Secret Tunnel. Secret Tunnel. Through the Mountain. That's all I was in my head. Just Randy but Newman would make singing about what he sees. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, that's just that's the, the great humor. It's <laughs> great. But like I mentioned before, like Wisecrack video when they're talking about like how it's one of the best representations of war when you've got like, you've got Ba Sing Se, which is a walled city where they don't acknowledge that there's a war going on. You've got the fanatical sort of support for the Fire Lord Ozo as he's trying to take over the world. You've got like the crumbling sort of society around that with the water tribes of vanishing. You've got refugees moving around the world trying to find peaceful existence from the sort of Fire Nation's unrelenting sort of oppression. Yeah, it really is like, the perfect. I mean, it's 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 sort of Disney esque in a way, but like I yeah, think it's it's, yeah. it's it's heavier than the that. trauma and the humor. That yeah, sort of balances, it balances yeah. like real life trauma and drama with very relatable, funny kind of thing. You know, it's like it's it's funny. Avatar. I remember looking at Avatar back back in the, what two thousand seven. Yeah, in two thousand and five, two thousand eight. Yeah, it's early days. It's something that I think again, even anime at that point. You know, I mean, Shippuden had only. Not even just begun. Two thousand six was yeah. Shippuden, so you know it was like before Shonen really got dark, you know, and like out comes this Western show, very anime inspired, and it's doing all the things that we want from anime, like a Shonen. You know, it's like it's obviously based in young males, not not even necessarily. I mean, that's what Shonen is, but it's young people. You don't you know, gender is irrelevant. It's a show for young people, but it deals in adult concepts, mm. and those are some of the best parts of 
fiction, right? You know, it's what Pixar does so well, so Disney does so well. It's what all of these great anime shows does well. And Avatar does it so fucking well because it hits you. Fucking hits you, man. Like, and a simple power system. So simple. Yeah. Where you're so literally like, yeah. Clear. And Water, it, earth, fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. And it's like, you love it too, right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's funny though, because I watched it when I was in high school. I really enjoyed it then, but then I got, I was just one of those kids that was, you know, like, I sorry, I prefer anime. Like I'm, I'm a bit advanced. <laughs> like I was kind of like, I was like, do you watch, I got all my friends watching. It was like on after school. So everyone would watch it and then talk about it. And I'd be like, yeah, mm. but like, is it Naruto? Is it Naruto? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about How it. Many so I really resist, I really <laughs> resisted it for ages. Cause I really felt like it was personally attacking anime. It was offensive to you? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, was, I was offended by it. Oh my God, no. Um, I was kind of like, oh, what? Like too mainstream. Ha ha ha. Anyway, flash forward. I have since watched it and thought it was fantastic. Mm. But I will say that I think just because I've watched so much anime and that is what I'm used to, I kind of prefer things to be a bit more anime-esque as I kind of miss it from Mm. Avatar a little bit. However, I do think it is a brilliant world, brilliantly told. It's a a real, they wrap it up well as well. Like they let, they they nail the landing, which is rare yeah. And anime, I not many do. So it's nice to have something that does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood level ending, you know, like. It's fantastic. It's a really good ending. But um, what element are you? Fire. Earth. Me or you? Not me. Yeah, yeah, Earth yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure, like for sure. Any yeah, of the fire. main characters, Earth? Uh, Toph, the Toph. blind kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go Fire. He was so good that she eventually well. learns yeah. to bend metal. Yeah, that, that's the best. Uh, yes, it's a good moment. That's the best. Yeah, I'm a fire, unfortunately. Yeah, we're both fire. <laughs> the fire nation <laughs> attack. <laughs> fire nation attack. A couple, <laughs> couple, couple of fire nations. A couple of fiery boys over here. Yeah. Look, fire. it's a great show. Honestly, like as far as a gateway show is concerned, if you are someone who is listening to this, who is like got a partner or a friend who you want to get into anime, even though it's not actually anime, this is such a good starting point because it has the Western sensibility but it has all the elements of anime, which you will get into with a shonen later on. So I think it's a really good way to get someone in. You'll laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, it's just good. You'll, you'll just fight good your media. brother you know, in a just... fiery battle with lightning. <laughs> Had the creators or anything cited um, like influences directly from anime or are we just kind of assuming that? I mean, just based I on just what we're watching. Assume, really? Yeah. yeah. At this point in 2005, I think we just assume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they it was Nickelodeon, so yeah, it was. Apparently, now Nickelodeon have got an entire studio dedicated to Avatar content. There's heaps in the works. Wow, Avatar Studios, yeah, Avatar Studios, yeah, which the whole studio producing the Netflix series, but the creators left. So, oh, well, we all <laughs> remember the film <laughs> that M Night Shyamalan made. <laughs> Stunning, oh. Stunning work. Don't watch that, no, for the love of don't, God. Don't ever watch that. We are doing an episode very soon about Western adaptation of anime, and um, but, uh, it'll come up. Yeah, watch Look the Legend up. of Korra. Legend of Korra is very good as well. Legend of Korra is great. It doesn't get as much love as Last Airbender, but I, it's, it's I liked very it. good. They did that thing where they try and do the modernization of the Society yeah. of Watch, which I, and like, it is, I think, like, similar to, actually similar to Baruto, yeah. where you're kind yeah. of like, sort of miss the old stuff, like the magic of that <laughs> is gone a bit. I mean, I'm not comparing, um, obviously Korra is way better yeah. than Baruto. It's not oh, fair. Yeah. Um, and right. a brilliant queer storyline there. It's actually really cool. It's really good. Well, yeah, true. like really honestly, the representation yeah. in Avatar in general is fantastic. Yeah, and it true. is After she watching. tries to hook up with the main male protagonist and this male protagonist, and then, yeah, you don't need them. You don't need them. Don't need them. Less males. 
He was the one who left out the, the cold. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he was a firebender as well. He was. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Never get the but, girl. Um, there's, heaps of, there's heaps of graphic novels. There's a bunch of actual novelizations that are more geared towards adult readers. Oh, cool. About Kiyoshi Island and stuff like that, which really? is brutal. It also gives me real hunter 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 vibes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like if you if you do get into anime via Last Airbender, Avatar, go next to Hunter Hunter because it's straight like so similar. <sighs> That's you know, still like, my thing where I haven't actually watched You haven't done oh, Hunter you Hunter. Should. Hunter. It's fantastic. Dude, I've watched Three or four episodes. Oh, dude, it's so good. Next There's isolation. A giant fish. <laughs> It'll be on a Next soon. isolation. Next yeah. isolation. Yeah. Case is yeah. in Sydney today. Yeah. Oh, it's a good yeah, time. Yeah, just line it up. Uh, by the watch. way, this is our first episode of the new year, actually. Very exciting. 2022. Mm. We are doing this episode. Uh, well, no. We're 15 years ago. In, <laughs> we're actually doing it in 2021. But this is this, when it comes out, this will be the first of 2022. Who knows how things are going to go? But uh, You might wake right up now. dead tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Kids could call you hold you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Avatar The Last Airbender, massive Hunter Hunter vibes, Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood vibes, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, all of these things it evokes. Such a good watch. So worth watching. Demon Slayer for sure. Demon Slayer. Particularly with their elemental All the big stuff. shonen stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's a Western shonen, really, is yeah. what it is. Now, Charlotte, let's talk about something a little bit more modern. Well, I mean, is it? It's an adaptation of something a little... A little, bit, a little bit older. Um, so actually, before we get started, Sam and I are both going to talk about series that are on Netflix that mm. are adaptations of yeah. video games. That's true. Oh, we're into the animation. video game territory. And I think that it's interesting because I really am intrigued by how live action adaptations of video games always suck. Like yeah. they never, like even yeah. worse than the anime ones. Like, oh. I tend to ask people about this when I meet them because people try to argue with me when I say that. I go, there's never been a good, I, as in critically acclaimed and commercially successful in the same hit yeah. video game adaptation, mm-hmm. live action ever. And then people always try and argue with me and everyone always says Resident Evil and I'm like, was Not it really. any good? No. no. There's a few good bad, scenes. Bad. but Yeah. No. That's the closest we've probably got. We've got like The Last of Us coming out, but I'm honestly, I've got a lot of theories, but it seems (laughs) that there is a lot of stuff around like the video games might not be the best material to adapt from because obviously you're playing as first person, you're kind of like part of the game. It comes to the point where you're, especially nowadays when you've got like The Last of Us, you've got really strong narrative driven games anyway. And then to try and to distill that down to an hour and 30 minute movie just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's also like, casting issues. Video games are probably the superior medium for an interactive medium anyway. 100%. 100%. Just because movies are more sort of accessible doesn't mean it's going to be a better And product. why yeah. would you cast Tom Holland as Nathan Drake? Oh, fuck that shit. And then even more offensive than that is fucking Mark <laughs> Wahlberg Don't talk to me as about Sully. Mark Wahlberg. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to bring this up because it just ah, burns me up inside, man. The Fire like, Nation is attacking. The Fire Nation has attacked <laughs> my soul. One of the one of the fucking video games that could have worked as a movie series is Uncharted. It is you're playing Indiana Jones too in late. a movie. No, it's, it's too just late. like don't if you didn't want, if you're not gonna get Nathan Fillion to do it, why bother? Yeah, back Nathan Fillion twenty years ago. We all it, know that. If you make it two thousand and ten, you cast Nathan Fillion. Yes. Anything else? Tom Holland. It's a waste of time. I love Tom Holland. Yeah, but he's not Nathan Drake. No, he's okay? not Nathan Drake. What's his face isn't Sully. Oh, no. That's that's even worse. Yeah. If that, that's Sean Connery 30 years ago. Oh, God, you know what I mean? Like, God damn it. Good. Like, <laughs> fix it. Yeah, get it a time machine. Get a time machine to like make Sam, You can right. solve one thing. Like, oh, fucking get hell, it. man. Do I'll, it I'll, I'll solve I get, I get them all. 
<laughs> the right age just put them together. I think um, I'll go out and record and say I don't like Marky Mark in any movie he's ever done. No, like he's in The Departed. He's okay in The Departed. He's playing he's, himself he's in The Departed. Trash. All he uh, does is swear. Like I can go on fucking any Scorsese movie and just say fuck <laughs> shit. Um, he's doesn't mean it. I'm not yeah. an actor, dude. He's literally playing himself yeah. as well. You know that. He's trash. Yeah, no, I'm not a big Marky Mark oh, fan. Love Matt Damon, not Mark. Oh yeah. Mark. Also, how do you feel about Chris Pratt being cast as everyone's favorite Italian plumber? Japanese time bomber. That is a man who has gone from being untouchable to being so loathed. It's uh, extraordinary. That, you know, it's. I, I feel like it's just flying too close love the to guy. the sun. He's just uh, not sorry. a four-foot Italian he's, plumber. He's not an Italian. I mean, I feel like the, even the in the height, film was terrible as even well. Even in the height of Chris mm-hmm. Pratt's, like, you know, fame or, or people being into yeah. him, actually not thinking he's lame, which he kind of is, um, <laughs> I, think, I think he still would have been disapproved. As Mario. Mario. Yes. And that should make sense. Anyway. Anyone, it makes no sense. Also, it's a voice. Just get the actual Just get the voice Mario guy. Okay. Well, I mean, like, Who is also, he? Where is he? What's he doing? He's just I mean, chilling. He's living off road. He's fine. He's like, he's Mario. Smart. Smart. He ain't got no I'm actually shoes, not feeling man. sorry for the voice actor. <laughs> yeah. And no one knows who he is. Oh, he's no, no, they just do. He does interviews and stuff. He's a lovely old man. Perfect. Just waiting for his time to shine. Yeah. Where has he got fucking old mate is Mario, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, the world's. Topsy turvy. <laughs> oh my god! All, all up and down. I man. do think that Jack Black as Bowser makes sense. Oh, uh, Jack Black's great. That's perfect casting. Jack, that, that's yeah. one time they got it right. Yeah. All right, and this was a real tangent about what I was about to say, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you upset me, John. We're back. Me down the room. We're back. Um, so Netflix actually released this series, which is funny because we were talking about how you say interactive things, it's a more superior medium. I mean, so they kind of, I guess, what made finally something work. I mean, granted, it's animated and not a live action. Yeah. But they're probably good at this one live action if they wanted. I just yeah. feel like yeah. because it's like a '90s RPG, yeah. JRPG, where you're kind of like yeah. you know, it's a side scroller. Really, it's, it's it's turn-based. You have a whip. You got a whip. Yeah. Sometimes you have a sword. I'm yeah. of course talking about Castlevania. Castlevania, which is a beloved video game franchise, which From is Konami. It got adapted into a TV series in 2017 for Netflix, and yeah, it's definitely got roots in anime. Oh yeah. Um, oh. Actually, they, were part of, part, they had anime makers on the team. Yeah, they really didn't hide that. They and went straight down the line for like, this is a Western anime, and it's sick. It's pretty good. So I'll give you a quick synopsis of the actual show, but then we're going to – Sam also knows a lot about this, so I'll probably throw to him a bit as well. But, yeah, basically you follow Trevor, who belongs to a – his name is Trevor, right? Yeah. The worst name. Yeah, yeah. No, I was yeah. like, <laughs> I hunt demons. My name's Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> huh? We follow Trevor, who is a – Drunken wanderer around. The last of his name. The last of his name. uh, The Belfort family were famed vampire hunters. The family Belmont were. The family Belmont. Family Belmont. (laughs) Sounds like. The Finn family Belmont. (laughs) 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 Hunting demons are right, Santa. Wow, yep. So basically, (laughs) he's from a long line of vampire hunters, but they are all gone and he's the last standing. Yes. It's the last of his line. Follow him as he traverses through a world which is being ravaged by vampires because the church decided to burn Dracula's human wife at the stake, claiming that she was a witch. So the opening of the show is actually this lovely woman. You love this opening, don't you? Okay. (laughs) Before I even get into it, I'll actually have to go back. So I'll just say this. The end of synopsis is basically Trevor is traversing his way through a world that is ravaged by vampires because Dracula has lost his shit oh. because they killed his wife, oh. who was a human who got accused of being a witch. Which of course. Because she's course, a, like, fair. a 
like also, medical fuck fashion. Fuck the church, stuff. right? Fuck the church. Oh, the church were definitely the bad guys the whole way through, even yeah. more than the vampires. Oh, very rare that I'm on the side of the apocalypse, but this time I was like, I was like, yeah, fair enough. Deserve this. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, Dracula was he was off it. Yeah, was, look, he, he, he had a point. He to perhaps prove. overreacted a little bit. He definitely yeah. overreacted a little bit when he Just decimated the, his, like, the whole world. You guys yeah. burn my life at the stake. You know who's to blame? Everyone. And he goes insane. But look, you know, the opening sequence, I always just <laughs> laugh at it. Like it's, I, I remember I was just like classic. Yeah, we did talk about this. It's but great. um, there is you know this beautiful blonde lady who like walks up to the floating Dracula castle. As you do. Um, you know, it's like his most imposing yeah. thing, and everyone's scared, and she's like holding a lantern and she gets, she's like rugged up and she knocks on the door and then Dracula, the most feared vampire, <laughs> opens the door and she's like, you must teach me. Like, he's like, leave now human or you will die. And then she's just like, no, like I mu- you cannot keep your medical secrets. Like people need help. And then he's just like immediately won over and is like, okay, come inside. <laughs> and then the next scene like is a flash forward and they're married and then she's gets burned at the stake and he's Devo. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like though, there's, I, the more I thought about it, maybe it's just kind of like, maybe if people just spoke to the vampires and were hot, they yeah. might have, you know, been fine. Just included, included them in community activities. Yeah, and she was interested in his research. So obviously it was, it was based off a video game series, mm. right? So obviously American adult animated dark fantasy action streaming TV series. I do like that for a sentence. Netflix produced by Federated Studios, Powerhouse Animation Studios, Shankar Animation, Project 51 Productions, Mua Films, and Konami. Quite a team. Oh, massive team. Behind this. That's quite a so heavy hitters. It's based that. on the Japanese video game series of the same name by Konami. The first two seasons adapt the 1989 entry, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, and follow Trevor Belmont, Alucard, and Cypher as they defend the nation of Wallachia from Dracula and his minions. Basically, that's it. Uh, additional characters and elements from the 2005 entry, Castlevania Curse of Darkness, are featured beginning in the second season. And Alucard's backstory is drawn from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, 1997, on PS1. And the art style is heavily influenced by Japanese animation and Ayami Kojima's work, who was the character designer for many of the Castlevania games. The series was originally planned as a film, developed by producer Kevin Caldy and his company Project 51, Coldy had a contract for a script with writer Warren Ellis in 2007, and the project entered development hell until about 2015 when Adi Shankar boarded the project, and it was picked up by Netflix. Powerhouse Animation Studios joined the team, and production commenced. So based off a bunch of games, and you're right, a really good game adaptation. I don't think I've ever played it. No, I mean, I missed it too. Like, it was, I'm a huge Konami fan. Like, my favorite game series of all time is called Suikoden by Konami. <laughs> They're laughing because my whole we're gonna do a JRPG episode, okay? And I'm gonna talk about Suikoden. Problem is, I called it Suikoden my whole life. So did all of my friends who played it. And one yeah. of the, the guest who comes on this show will call it Suikoden as well because we damned if we're changing now. I'm gonna correct him. Oh, that was so good. But for the love of God, the game is called Suikoden. That's how it's pronounced. Suikoden. It burns me up inside. Suikoden. But Suikoden. Should be called. Fool. We've called it Suikoden because you know what. We, didn't know Japanese or, or Chinese back then. Apparently when we were seven, uh, forgive me. Anyway. The game, so Suikoden. Suikoden yeah. is one of my favorite Konami series of all time. And Konami in the 90s were fucking on fire. Oh. You've got the Metal Gear series. You've got Suikoden. <laughs> you've got Castlevania. Like It's just nonstop Konami. They suck now. It's all about gacha games. 
it's terrible. But Castlevania was massive, but I missed it. I missed it even on the, it was on the NES, it was on the, the Super box. NES, it was on the, yeah, I could see the boxes. I can Symphony see the image of the Night, in my head. Symphony of the Night, massive game yeah. on PS1, but just missed it somehow. Yeah. Oh, lace, vampires, and yeah. soundtracks. I can see it all. Mm, but it's sick. So let's talk about. It's funny though, because you don't, just a disclaimer, if you're going to be put off by watching it because you haven't played the game, none of us played the game. No. And I feel like if anything, Good the matter. game is just like, it's kind of, yeah, it works really well as its own standalone medium. And that's, and also the one that Sam's going to talk about, I think is the same. Like I can go in blind and it's, I, the series is strong enough, the characters are strong enough. Yeah. And, but I feel like if you're a fan, you'd be having a great time because you'd be like, oh, it's his whip from there. Or like, yeah, ooh, like, oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> I knew about the whip. Yeah. The chain, the whip. Chain. Chain whip. It's a chain whip. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a little thing on the end of it. Morning star. Morning star, yes. Yes. Well done. I just mentioned the production team a little bit, but let's talk about the writer, who is a very famous person, but we'll put a little disclaimer on this. So Warren Ellis was the primary writer of all four seasons of this show. I believe they're about to do a new season because it obviously ran for four seasons starting in 2017, finishing last year, 2020. And a new series in the Castlevania universe is in works to Netflix, which will focus on Richter Belmont, a descendant of Trevor and Cypher, and Maria Renard during the French Revolution. So that's the next thing coming out. But Warren Ellis will not be writing that show for reasons that we'll explain. But he did write these first four seasons. So Warren Ellis is a British comic book writer and novelist and screenwriter, best known as co-creator of several original comic series such as Trans Metropolitan, which ran from 97 to 2002, Global Frequency, 2002 to 2004, and Red, 2003 to 2004, which was adapted into feature films, Red, 2010, and Red 2, 2013, which had Helen Mirren, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Willis. Yes. He All steps out of a spinning car and shoots someone. God, That's does, correct. Doesn't he? That's correct. I love that. I'll watch it on YouTube later. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 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 I'm just straight to YouTube after this. Ellis is the author of Crooked Little Vane, 2007, and Gun Machine, 2013, and the novella Normal, 2016. He's also written a lot for Marvel, including Astonishing X-Men Thunderbolts, Moon Knight, and the extremist story arc of the Iron Man, which was the basis of Iron Man 3 movie of the MCU. He also wrote video games, uh, Hostile Waters, 2001, Cold Winter, 2005, and a game that I have played, Dead Space, 2008. Oh, you wrote Dead Space? You did. So Warren Ellis is a Bit of a fucking gun, right? It's yeah. so confusing. There's an Australian musician called Warren Ellis. He played, not to be confused with Warren Ellis, who plays the violin for Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Not him. Different not guy. him. That's why I was so confused. I was about Different to be like. Different guy. Yeah. Now, before we jump any further into Warren Ellis, and Graham, you, you are a big fan of his work. Mm. Warren Ellis has been accused of, allegedly has some allegations against him for sexual impropriety, using his position to coerce women into mm situations that might not want to be in. So that's basically what I'll say on the situation here. And so he's been removed off the show. He has been removed off the show. And he's had a few other books cancelled, a whole bunch of things changed. Again, I don't want to get too bogged down in this because this is not a topic that I particularly want to broach. That's what I'll say on that. But Graham, tell us about Warren Ellis. Really strong writer, has, you know, a huge body of work in the comic world. Like, as you said, he's, you know, Marvel, DC, does a lot of stuff image comics like Transmetropolitan is like a seminal piece of work that he does where it's basically um, following an investigative journalist in the future. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite writers, to be honest, and as devastating as it is, you can't really have any, any heroes in this world, but his work is kind of seminal. If you've ever picked up a comic, you his fingerprints are pretty much everywhere. He's, 
you know, kind of like a, a Stanley S type figure, mm. like sort of modern comics, like early nineties into the two thousands, like it's kind of difficult to sort of separate his work from where we are now in the modern sort of world of comic books. Cause he's, you know, he's kind of touched everyone. Yeah. And he continues to do great work as well. Like, it's not like he fell off at any point. Yeah. We're kind of living in that world where people should be and are held accountable for their actions as you know, from a personal standpoint, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, especially when you have people's work that mean, you know, a lot to you, but here we are. Yeah. You know, People I mean, do bad shit and they're going to have to be held accountable and mm-hmm. fuck everyone else's feelings around that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, Warren Ellis, obviously an, a seminal writer. Mm. And Castlevania, it's great. It's such a good show. So and it's good. Like, even we had Tom on this show not long ago. And I was like, what's your first anime, man? And he was like, oh, Castlevania. And I didn't want to be like, ah, that's not an anime because I want to be like a dick, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind yeah. of. Like, the debate but about what is so an anime is now so so yeah. far removed and different. So it's like it is it is basically. Yeah, it's, it's based it's, on a it's, Japanese video game. Yeah, Japanese video it's, game with, with literal anime animators working on the project. If that's it's not Japanese animation. As you can get. If that's know, not anime, it is anime. Yeah, it's yeah. as close as you could possibly get without being anime. You know, well, like, it's, it's, it's this continuing thing of, Netflix is dipping its toe into anime and also producing anime. I think we had a discussion the other day about Mark Miller's work. Yeah. There's a Netflix series called Super Crooks right now, which is a a comic book. It's very American, very Western, but it has been adapted into an anime. And Mm. it actually has a Japanese voice cast to it with Mm. subtitles. But an American story, which is, I feel like, really the next sort of step. Yeah, it's like that's a whole new level of, like, yeah. whoa, what's going on here? Like, you specifically aim it for anime fans. Yeah. They mm-hmm. want to sit and watch something with subtitles rather than just recording an American voice animated show. Yeah. Different world. It's, it's, it's all changing so much. And Adi Shankar, who is one of the major producers on Castlevania, is a fascinating character in many ways. Does follow this podcast actually on our Instagram. So hello, Addy, if you are listening, um, love your work. He, he got very famous for making a bunch of YouTube mm. shows uh, called bootleg universe, which are fucking fascinating. I right? love the laundry. Punisher story. Yeah. Yeah. He has one about the sort of dark dystopian future of the power Rangers of like what <laughs> happens to the power Rangers is after like years of kicking people in the face <laughs> and how dark that sort of world can get. He also has a, um, a short film based on the Thomas Jane Punisher series. Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't know if it was a web exclusive or it was on a DVD, but it's called The Laundry. And it's literally the the Punisher having a day off and goes to do his laundry and then fucks up some bad dudes. Like, <laughs> Sounds great. So good. It's fascinating. So Castlevania is, you know, there's there's big voice actors, Richard Armitage. Yeah. There's Trevor, who's, you know, Thorin from The Hobbit. Uh, he's in Hannibal. He's in Spooks. He's John Proctor in the old Vicks production of The Crucible. Uh, James Callis as Alucard, from, who was Gaius Bolter. From Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gaius. 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 Yes. Yeah, that's Alucard. You know, there's also Tom in Bridget Jones's Diary. And it's also Battlestar Galactica is sick. Watch it. To me, I mean, outside of Avatar, Castlevania is as close to a great West, as anime as the West can make. I think if you're talking about an adult. Yes. Yes. 100%. Sex, violence, and yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is yeah. violent. It is, it is It is. edgy in that yep. way. All of those um, things. But it's good. The animation's really good. I, I love there's a great fight scene in the second last or the last episode that I really, really like. Because the first season's only six episodes long, right? Yeah, it's very short. Very, very short. And then they, after the success of that, they ended up ordering the, the like, it was like double for the next season. Yeah. But yeah, I there's a really cool fight scene and like the magic in the world is like, because it is already there, like they already have it in place because of the video game world. And the folklore around it. And obviously vampires, you know, they come with their own set of rules yes. and whatever. And I think that it's it's just a really crisp, easy watch for season one. Like you watch it all pretty quickly. You understand who everyone is. It's not confusing at all. It's going to tick the boxes of like if you're into action, sexy vampires, <laughs> anime. Sexy, sexy vampires. Sexy vampires. It's a really good show. Like Castlevania, like I'm giving it ticks all across the board. From, you know, even whether it's Western, whether it's anime, it doesn't matter. It's just a good show. So. Full stop. You know what I mean? Like, same with Avatar. Big tick. Check out Castlevania or Netflix. It's awesome. So I'm going to talk about something a little bit more modern. And speaking of video game adaptations, mm. and this is a little bit more relevant and a little bit more um, topical, but I'm going to talk about Arcane. So Arcane is a 2021 adult animated streaming TV series. It is set in the League of Legends gaming universe. Produced by French animation studio Fortichet? I'm sure that was pronounced badly. Fortichet. 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 Fort, Fortichet. What was that? Was that, was that Chris was that? Pratt that doing Russia? Mario? <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Fortichet. Give me the job. Anyway, uh, animation studio Fortichet, under the supervision of Riot Games, set in the past relative to the League of Legends universe. Arcane serves as a prequel to the game and retells the origin story of several in-game characters. The show was in production for six years and had a budget of $150 million. They made business when they made this. So it set a record as Netflix's highest rated series so far within a week of its premiere, ranked first on the Netflix top 10 chart in 52 countries and ranked second on the chart in the US. So synopsis, what is this show about? The show tells a tale of two cities, and the escalating tensions between the advanced utopian surface city of Piltover and the squalid, impoverished, repressed undercity of Zone. It's a real upstairs-downstairs kind of vibe, but with cities as opposed to servants and masters. So orphan sisters vie... Sure. That's, that's, that's what it, it is. is. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's fucking is. It's yeah. classic. Um, Under, underground versus uh, um, upstairs. Up, yeah. up, up, overground. Overground. <laughs> up, overground. Up, overground. Up, overground. <laughs> Orphan sisters Vi and Powder are taken in by Vanda, who becomes the unofficial mayor or leader of the Undercity of Zorn. Vanda has a very precipitous and tenuous truce with the Upper City of Piltover, which many wish to upend in favor of all-out war. The leader of this warring faction is Silco, who has a score to settle with Vanda. Silco, through the use of a mysterious substance called Shimmer, which is a highly addictive drug when used in small doses, but capable of granting monstrous strength in large doses, is out to unseat Vanda and gain independence for Zorn from the Callus and Letus Piltover. Vi and Powder find themselves on opposite sides of a war which is far bigger than them, in which they are the integral parts. Meanwhile, in Piltover, a young scientist named Jace is trying to harness arcane magic against the ruling council's wishes as he believes it holds the key to further prosperity and power. The council, however, see it as a dangerous road which has been trod by civilizations in the past, which has led to their ruin. And there we have the two 
warring place. We have two different upstairs, stories going. Downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. 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 downstairs, downstairs. It's, it's, well, they all swap around. It's you know. Downton Abbey, baby. <laughs> the League of Legends, the League of Legends Downton Abbey. It's actually what this fucking show is. It has 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. 100%. It's really good. It's really fucking good. And I know nothing. Actually, I was about to ask you, can you please explain to me League of Legends? Yes, I can. What? Okay, yes. I'm glad you, you asked. I'm very glad you asked this question. Thanks. Okay. Have I planned to the audience? In, folks. Hi, Sam. Could you please tell me about no, the history of League of Legends. Like, so, <laughs> League of Legends is a 2009 multiplayer online battle arena. MOBA. That's what MOBA stands for, by the way. It's a video game developed and published by Riot Games, inspired by Defense of the Ancients, a custom map for Warcraft 3. So Dota, which went on to become its own massive game, Dota 2, Riot's founders sought to develop a standalone game in the same genre. So both Dota, which is a massive game in and of itself, and LOL, both came from make-your-own-map version of Blizzard's Warcraft 3. It's the whole thing. So Right, yeah, easy. What? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. Anyway, <gasps> since its release in October 2009, the game has been free-to-play and is monetized by purchasable character customization. In the game, two teams of five players battle in player-versus-player combat each team occupying and defending their half of the map. Each of the 10 players controls a champion with unique abilities and differing styles of play. During a match, champions become more powerful by collecting experience points, earning gold and purchasing items to defeat the opposing team. In the game's main mode, which is called Summoner's Rift, a team wins by pushing through to the enemy base and destroying their nexus, which is a large structure located within. And the view is isometric, so it's sort of top down. And there are so many, there are 157 different champions you can pick, all of which have different abilities. So you've got five on five and they've got to kind of sort of run at each other in the middle. Then this thing's called lanes and you've got the main lane and you've got the side lanes. And you've got to pick how you run these lanes and what abilities your character has, which complement each other. It's fucking complicated, right? It's not a game you can just pick up and go, I'll play League of Legends. Can you play solo or you have to play a team of five? Have to play a team of five. Oh, I don't have five friends. <laughs> no, you get you get dropped into a bunch of five randoms you and they will abuse you. You yeah, can I play can't. the they game. Will abuse you, you can play the new. game where it's just you controlling your character and you just run it. There is different. Awesome. You do fight minions. You don't have to do five on stuff, but like the main, like the competitive version is five. So I would get dropped into a group of thirteen-year-old boys who are gonna tell you hate to kill yourself. Me. Oh yeah. yeah, and they'll end up doxing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 100%, don't do it. Hundred percent. So just to put into context how big this game is. So in 2019, the game regularly peaked at eight million concurrent players, and its popularity has led to tie-ins such as music videos, comic books, short stories, and of course, Arcane, which is this big. It has also spawned several spin-off video games, including a mobile version, a digital collectible card game, a turn-based role-playing game, amongst many others. Both a fighting game and a massively multiplayer online role-playing game based on the property are in development. So there's more things still coming. Like Riot are on fire. Is this their main thing? Yeah, LOL is their thing. League of Legends is the biggest game in the world. Is it? It's more than Overwatch? Way bigger. Oh, it's been yeah. around for it's not even close. Not even close anymore. We'll talk about that in a second. But the game is often cited as the world's largest esport, with an international yeah. competitive scene composed of 12 leagues. The domestic leagues culminate in the annual League of Legends World Championship. The 2019 championship had over 100 million unique viewers, peaking at a, at a concurrent viewership of 44 million. It's fucking insane how big this thing is. No wonder they had so much money to put into this budget. Yeah, yeah. 150 million is 
week. The game's highest paid pro players have commanded salaries of over a million dollars, which is over three times that of the highest paid Overwatch players. And this game is massive in China. It's like, it is unbelievable how big this game is. My friend Lockie, who's going to come on this podcast soon, owns an esports bar in Melbourne called GG Easy. If you're in Melbourne, go check it out. It's sick. League is the thing. And it's funny because he, he actually sent me this video and I'm, I might post it on our, on our socials, but like, it's funny because you mentioned Overwatch and three years ago, Overwatch was the thing, right? It was the biggest game in the world. It had, it had the world at its feet. Blizzard have fucked everything up as hard as you could possibly imagine. Like why haven't Blizzard done an arcane? The, the fans get nothing. They've been telling us to have Overwatch too <laughs> for two fucking Sam, years. Breathe. We've got breathe. nothing, breathe. Bring nothing it bring it at all. Bring it for some shit fucking skins. God damn it. This is and not, now, this is not the platform look at Riot. Look at what Riot have done. Mm. Though it's extraordinary. And there's a Kiora that this guy mentions in this in this video where he's like, you know, who's better, Riot or Blizzard? And 95% of the people were like, Blizzard, it's it's not it's so so much better, it's not even it's not even close, right? Both of these companies have had massive problems in their past, but Riot have done it right. So like I say, 150 million. They've done million. it right. Oh, you're just there. Oh, oh I knew you were going to yeah. say it. <laughs> <laughs> but Arcade is fucking incredible. Yeah. I've gone off topic, but like yeah. LOL. You sure have. I have to talk about LOL, right? And like, I didn't even explain. It's, it's still, it's so complicated. Like, okay, it's, go go watch YouTube. LOL. It's I watched take you a long some gameplay. It's, it's fucking confusing. Man. I watched some gameplay and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't I don't get it. It. it's hard. Like, 157 champions who all do different things. Yeah. You know, like, I've played the game and I, yeah. I, I enjoy the game, but I can't sit and watch it. That's just no, it's, probably a generational thing. They love thing it. They love it. Else. It's such a big game. And like, Overwatch had its moment, but it, it, it's, it's fucked now. And Overwatch is my game. That's, that's my competitive game that I play. I'm not that great at it, but, you know, I enjoy it. But what is so impressive with Arcane is that I knew fuck all about League of Legends. And Lockie was the one who told me, the esports bar owner, I was like, who's obviously the biggest LOL fan in the world. It's the biggest esport in the world. And he was like, watch Arcane. And I was like, no, because I'm a recalcitrant asshole. And he's like, no, watch it. And I said, like, nah, dude, LOL sucks. And he's like, nah, dude, it's really good. And I was like, yeah, sure, bro. And then I watched it and I was like, in my head, that happened over a chat. Like it did one like, chat. Yeah, I was gonna say, but over like yeah, one chat. <laughs> Discord, like lol, bro, lol, yeah, lol, lol, bro, lol, no, honestly, lol sucks. Like straight up, just one chat. Mega you know, like Discord channel, and I was <laughs> like, nah, man, this this sounds this, fucking lol stinks, bro. Like uh, I've got no time for this. Anyway, Arcane is really. Fucking it's fucking good, amazing. Man. It's one of the best shows it's I've like, seen this year. I was shook at how fucking good it is. The animation is outstanding. The still, I didn't know anything about League of Legends. I've watched a few. I've watched Worlds a few times up with with my friend, and have watched a few things on YouTube and whatever. But like this story, you don't need to know anything about this unbelievably complicated game, which I'll never understand. <laughs> None of us do. But you watch that show, and it's like. Man, this is fucking sick. Let us focus on the characters. I went, where's the world? Where's the characters? And I think it works because, again, it doesn't sound like there's much of a storyline in the gameplay. No, there's none. So, but it just exists because they have all the backstories about people's favorite warriors and that kind of thing. They have the world. So it's actually like perfect for a TV show. No wonder they're doing that. Like you just go, all right. You've got a fan base who are desperate for fucking morsels of scraps, Overwatch, for example. Just give it to them for fuck's sake and do it well. Fuck. Right. It's so $150 million, six years. Yeah. And it's like the thing that we talk about the anime industry all the time, right? Where like, you know, all these poor animators are just being like whipped into like making something work in like 10 minutes. So it's like, we're behind it. Oh my God. You know, like, whereas like they took their time with this show and it looks a million 
150 million. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's how good it looks. And it's like they, they, they do interesting like style. They make interesting stylistic choices. Well, it's right? French. It's also it's very French, French yeah, totally. You can look at the door. Like I remember watching the scene where the, I can never remember the name, but the, the father figure five. goes to like the Bando. porn Bando. shop. And you just he's having a drink, and you're looking at the doors and the mirror, the glass, and is all swirled and stuff. And this, the door is ornate, but it doesn't have to be ornate. And you're like, it's French, of course. That door looks like that. <laughs> and so the design, six years to design that door. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the character designs are pretty, yeah, pre-established. Oh, and yes. Very much, oh, yeah. But yes. I do think that the voice acting carries it as well. It's well written and such good voice yeah. acting. What a good antagonist as well. How good is Silco? As an antagonist. Like, what a fucking awesome antagonist. By Haley Steinfeld. You know, She's like amazing. Big, big name. She's awesome. Jinx, uh, uh, Powder, fantastic voice actor. Like, all of it is really fucking good. Look, Overwatch upsets me, so I sometimes I had <laughs> to vent that. But honestly, you don't, if you are a League of Legends fan, you'd be so happy. You'd be so happy with this because, again, it's not a lore heavy. I mean, there's lots of like random bits of lore, like any kind of online multiplayer game. But if you know nothing about League of Legends and you just want to watch a great show, animated or not, watch Arcane. The first three episodes, yeah, okay, it takes a bit of time to get into it. But once it gets going, I was hooked from the first episode. No, me too. I was interested straight away. Right. Where they break into that. Yeah, uh, Jace's sort of land and, sort of thing and yeah. stuff, and it sets off this sort of chain of events that just can't really spoil it. But yes, it does. No, it gets Jace's lame. Jace actually is necessary for the story. But the reason Jace sucks, the reason Jace sucks to the character is because he is the vocal point for so many narrative threads to come together. Therefore, he stands for nothing. He's sort of the fulcrum of the yeah. upstairs component of yeah. the story. Like. Therefore, he's not actually a character. He's a device. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? He invents so, like, the thing that everyone loves and he's got- Oh, he's of- boring. Oh, he's so boring. Also, let's be real. Echo is the best character in the show. <laughs> Sorry. Let's call it right now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like v-, v. Vi is awesome. Vi is awesome. Uh, Caitlin is awesome too. Actually, Caitlin's sick. That's good. What's the little professor? Hi, oh, um, Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger is pretty is awesome. good. I would want to play as him. I just yeah. Apparently he's really strong. I read yeah. that. Actually, yeah. because obviously I, I Googled strongest <laughs> League of yeah. Legends strongest champions. Yeah. And then I was thing. on Reddit and there was a thing <laughs> that said, it was like a AMA and it was like, whatever you last Googled is chasing you. How do you do? And mine was the strongest League of Legends champion. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. Like, oh, I'm pretty fucked. Like Jinx is a blowout. <laughs> machine gun. Mowing you Harley down. Harley Quinn light. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. She's a great character too. No, she's like, good. They did her well. I, I yeah, I, I thought, I genuinely think it's worth a watch. It's really a lot of fun to watch. Yes. It's beautifully animated, super accessible, well acted. And, you know, yeah, it's good. Well written. Yeah, but it's just like. I was shocked. I would, yeah. did not expect to be into it at all. I wanted to dislike it. So, of I, could you re- did. so I could piss Lucky off, you know what I mean? But you like- think you've got it hard as an Overwatch fan. Imagine me waiting for my Super Smash Brothers TV series. Super like Smash Brothers kills it. Those games are still good. Yeah, Could you yeah, imagine yeah. if they tried to do an arcade style thing with all of those characters? I mean, I just, just love Chris it. Just Chris Mario just yeah, coming from the shadows. Just Ness. I'm like, what is going on? That Mr. Like, uh, the one that throws the, um, oh, don't worry, you guys don't play, do you? No. Uh, Mr. We're too busy venting about Overwatch. Yeah. We were yeah. yeah. ourselves. Yeah. True. There are some like stupid characters in Super Smash. Like my, the one I bet I don't really play that much. I'm really bad at it. But when I do play, I play as Wii Fit Trainer, who's just uh, who just goes like Sun Salutation, and she's really strong. Or he or would be on pick. You okay. like pick a volleyball and hit it. Like it's actually I love 
how outside the box they think with their Warriors. No, it's great. It's oh, yeah. funny as hell. Oh, Smash is massive. It's great. Yeah, and look, Arcane, it's just, it's dope. Like, check it out. Even if you aren't a fan of video games or animation, it's just good. This is a good show. Yeah. And I think they, they smashed it. And I was like so impressed. I was so impressed. And I think it's just something that you can just suggest to almost anybody and be like, yeah. And then from there you can easily get into anime as well. You know, it's – um. I think what we tried to highlight with these choices as well is that a lot of adult-based Western animation is comedy, like is strict kind of like Bob's Burgers or Big Mouth or that like kind of Morty, thing, which is yeah. very much like, you know, slapsticky comedy. That's kind of how we think of adult – cartoons i think yes is 100%. like a dirty comedy 100 so for these ones to kind of be very much more on like the traditional anime way of like being action adventure horror yeah. um, so seriously too yeah it's it's really good so yeah and there's other shows that i recommend watching i was about to say adventure time but that went against everything <sighs> i just said adventure time's great. it's but also it's great, great but yeah but yes, for me but invincible right invincible is a huge one as comic book guy and something that's pretty hot right now. Mm. Uh, I guess if you're sort of leaning into an anime sort of thing, I would say Samurai Jack, especially the last ah, sort of season they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, a more adult sort of pivoted thing, but super artistic, really good story that has a really satisfying payoff. Invincible's one of your favourites of all time, right? Oh, yeah, the comic the, the comic is something that sort of drew me back into comics when I... Really? I, yeah, so I, growing up it was Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff. Touched upon this on the comic book thing. Mm. But then when I got to like 17, 18, there was, you know, I started getting into indie sort of comics. And there was a, at the time a little unknown writer called Robert Kirkman who went on to do The Walking Dead and Oblivion Song and a bunch of other stuff. But his, his sort of first crack at the superhero genre was Invincible. It follows the sort of story kind of loosely based on Superman, I would guess. It would be like, what if Superman had a kid and that kid sort of discovered in his late teens that he was going to be a sort of superpowered being and wanted to follow in his father's footsteps, which is kind of the base of the story. But then it sort of explodes into this super science fiction operatic sort of story, but it is also very personable if you have interest in superhero stuff but you want stuff that's kind of more character driven definitely recommend it i would have a warning that there is going to be it's going to be stuff about rape there's going to be stuff about spousal abuse there's going to be trauma involved because this is sort of a character that goes through these sort of you know these superhero type sort of things but there's also a cost involved in that towards your relationships and to you know your family dynamic and it's a great story the netflix anim sort of anime is really good. It's hyper violent because the comic is hyper violent. It's very traumatic, but it's also super well done. The voicing cast is amazing. It's yeah. J.K. Simmons, isn't it? And J.K. Glenn, Simmons plays the dad. Guy from Walking Dead, Glenn. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, but there's some Harry, Seth Rogen's in there. Right. Um, is it? Because I thought, and I, I know nothing about it. When I saw mm. the ad, I thought it was like a comedy, like a dark comedy. Like There the- is definitely comic. There is definitely some funny stuff because it does like it pulls apart the sort of superhero world and pokes fun at some things that you're like, mm, that's kind of dumb. And, you know, because it is, it's a stupid sort of fucking genre when you boil it down. So there is a lot of comedy in there, but there is a lot of trauma. And, and is it similar to The Boys? Um, I would say it's probably not as because uh, The Boys is kind of grounded. Mm. And that sort of thing. It's about a team of people that sort of when a hero, superhero steps out of line, the boys come in and basically kick the shit out of them. It's definitely more, it's got more of a sci-fi space opera kind of vibe. Cool. So a story that blows up from a kid sort of learning that he's going to be a superhero to this in sort of interdimensional war of worlds and sort of stuff. Like it's a story that starts small and explodes out, but the characterization stuff is really good. Hmm. Cool. 
Oh, I would definitely. It. I would give it a watch. I would definitely pick up the books if you. Sweet, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's it's really well done, and it will shock you, and it will sort of turn some sort of well-established tropes on their head and be like, "Oh, that's kind of dumb." And you know, this character is a young guy. You basically see him from when he goes to fifteen till he's like one hundred and fifty. Oh wow! Oh, like cool. it follows his entire life and it's sort of the journey of that. You know, great expectations. Awesome. Yeah. that make it mm. a yeah. superhero. Definitely worth a read. Definitely worth a watch. Well. There you have it. There is our Western animation episode. So that is our little like look into what Western shows are anime-esque. Also, these are gateways into anime, funnily enough, because, again, they're Western, but they are shows which are very heavily influenced by anime, or if they aren't, in fact, heavily influenced by, are very similar to. So I think these are really great ways for you to get into anime if you are someone who isn't. But if you're also an anime fan and you haven't gotten into this stuff, check it out because it's really, really fucking cool. And it's, you know, incredibly similar to anime shows that we've talked about countless times before in this show. And we just want to talk about it because it's just also they're fucking good shows. All Damn four of shows. these shows are really, really, really good. good. And, you know, again, our part of this show is about us talking about something that we love, which is anime, but it's also about just taking animation itself, not just from Japan, animation as an art form, seriously. And I think these are four shows which are really get you involved in like, oh, wow, it's more than just a dark comedy like a Rick and Morty or The Simpsons or South Park or Bob's Burgers or whatever. So I really think these are four great shows for you to check out. Graham, thank you so much. First show of the year. So good to have you back, my man. Thank you. Good times. Charlie, always a pleasure. G'day. So we'd like to thank our patrons who are so integral to this show. Thank you so much for helping us out. If you want to join, you can. But we want to thank Stuart. We want to thank Christian, Ian, Alex, Samantha, Caroline and Stuart. Thank you so much, guys. It means the world to us. Beautiful, and sexy people. Mm-hmm. The best, the best people. The best people. The best, the people best of the people. It's true. So thank you all so much. We'll look at you next time. Have a good one. Bye.